Hey, Balls, what's your number? 89XX. 89XX. That's awesome. You have dedicated your life to service. Now, Served Radio is dedicated to you. Speaking the truth about service-oriented life and moving through leaving to living. This is the voice of and for service members, responders, veterans, and dependents, because we have served. Now, leading the journey for today's mission, Raphael Haudigui. What is going on, everybody? I want to welcome you to Served Radio, and I just want to say thank you for joining me here today. It means a lot that you've taken the time out to be here and support me here. This is episode three of Served Radio, and I'm just so excited because this is going to be the the vision that I've had for two years to actually bring you what I call a, a real served radio episode. So episodes one and two uh, were a bit of a monologue. Uh, I basically told you uh, a little bit of the serve story, got that going. But this one, this one's special because on this one, uh, it's episode three. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a grumpy old sergeant uh, segment. We're going to have the mentor minute of the week, served mission brief, and the living to living debrief. Uh, as I told you in episode one, so this this is the the real deal here, um, and I'm setting the precedent. I'm actually not going to tell you um, who we're interviewing, so it's going to be a surprise. Um, you go and uh, um, listen and and uh, check these folks out, and uh, you know we never know who's going to come on Serve Radio, and that's kind of what I keep it uh, everybody on their toes, uh, part of that variety show thing. So, uh, like I said, um, you know we're going to uh, kick things off here with the grumpy old sergeant. Uh, in a little bit, but um, I wanted to put this on the front end uh, because in the past I've had it on the back end and I want to make sure that uh, you all know that you can reach me at any time uh, on raf at served.vet. Shoot me an email and um, I'll get back to you or uh, I'm trying to promote something kind of old school here and uh, write me snail mail. It's uh, served, S-R-V-D, 145 Fleet Street, uh, number 256, National Harbor, Maryland, 20745. This is where we're at right here um, uh, in the nation's capital. So I'm going to get the Grumpy Sergeant segment going. So going uh, sort of aligned with episodes one and two and chasing perfectionism and all that, I have to be very honest with you. Right now, it is O dark 30. It's actually 0500. Uh, on the day of the release, so I've actually busted my own my own goal. So my goal is to have served radio episodes delivered on Wednesday at 0600 Zulu. So it's 0500 East Coast time. So you're not going to get much of a grumpy sergeant because you have a tired sergeant. And uh, my guest that uh, took the time and and we recorded. Uh, that interview, I could not get past the technical challenges. So I kind of set the bar really high on what I wanted to do. And then uh, over the last couple of days, I realized I actually don't know how to do it. And so around like 9 p.m., I was going to call an audible. And <laughs> it was just one of these things. I said, man, I'm going to make a command decision. I cannot get the episode out the way that I want it to get out the way that I've had it in my mind. And, you know, I have a day job. I have 
responsibilities at home as a husband and, and father and I'm tired. Right. And, um, it was just like, I'm gonna call an audible. And, and this is like almost like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I just thought, you know what? Nah, nah, we're not doing that. What we're going to do is we're going to crack open the, the manual <laughs> and we're going to figure this thing out. And, uh, basically, um, the reason why I was kind of having a challenge with this one is because this is a interview style show. So uh, what I've been practicing uh, the last eight or nine months, the equipment was totally different. Um, so I got the audio files that are a little bit different. And um, I had to learn how to piecemeal this thing together. Uh, so here it is, uh, Wednesday uh, morning. 0500 and I might meet I might meet my uh, 0600 East Coast um deadline here but uh you know what uh, we're going to get it pumped out and you're going to get your uh, hump day uh boost here today on episode 3 and um it was just one of these things that um I just kind of was thinking you know what we we do what we got to do to get the mission done and that's what makes us different right anybody else I think more than likely would have said, ah, I'll just deal with it tomorrow or I'll, I'll just do it later. And that's kind of what I wanted to do, but we don't do that. And, you know, we, we are the served community. Uh, I'm leading that. So we lead by example and uh, service members, responders, veterans, independents, we, we get it done. No questions asked. So not much of a grumpy old sergeant. It's mostly a tired old sergeant um, that now has to go finish this and then get ready to go to work because, you know, this, this is the dream that that's going to potentially one day, um, I can do it full time, but right now it's, uh, it's a passion project and uh, that's what we're doing. So anyways, um, wanted to, uh, share that with you guys. Um, and, uh, we have a great show. Um, uh, we're going to have a really good mentor minute. Uh, really deep stuff there, and and it's actually really hard for me not to say uh, the guest's name. Uh, but you actually already heard here because uh, you you heard his number. But uh, balls, balls is going to bring it, and it's going to be just a really great show. Um, I laugh every time I, I hear it. So, all right, well, that's it, and uh, you know, look forward to more. All right. So today on Served Radio, very exciting. I have my uh, longtime buddy, my friend, Balls, and that's what you heard earlier. Uh, his name's last name is Balzano, and that's uh, Rob Balzano. And so I'm so excited to have him here on episode three. He has been uh, one of these type of guys that has been with me uh, from the very beginning uh, of the Serve story. But even before that, uh, he and I served together uh, in the unit, and... Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to say that next part. Should I say that next part? Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. You're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that Rob uh, was not, uh, I couldn't call him Rob because he was uh, my uh, part of my uh, leadership chain. So uh, we kind of had to have a, a separation there on duty, but uh, we developed this friendship and uh, mentorship. Uh, and he's kind of really just helped me out uh, grow. 
And I still remember the day that I called Balls and I said, hey, I got this idea and it's called Served. And he was just like, all right, another one of Raph's ideas. And here we are four years later. So in honor of being by my side, helping me out, uh, having conversations with me uh, as a big brother, um, I truly do see you as a big brother, um, as a mentor and as a friend, I wanted to honor you with the very first uh, episode three of Served Radio. Um, I just did uh, episode one and, and episode two, and here you are, episode three. It's yours. So welcome to the stage. Uh, we have uh, my buddy, uh, Rob Balzano. Awesome. Thanks, Roth. And uh, didn't even have to pay you for that great intro. Huh? I did not. No, no. So, that, one, that one's all from the heart, buddy. Right, all right. From the heart. <laughs> so, uh, Balls, uh, you know, the show starts off with the uh, Mentor Minute of the Week. Kick us off. What's up? Yeah. So, uh, for everyone out there listening, I would say in my uh, almost or 26-year-plus career, uh, what, what I have learned through my career is that to take, there's lots of decisions you're going to have to make. And uh, you could have a great plan of what that end looks like. But to me, what I've learned through these years is uh, take one decision at a time. Uh, you can have the best laid plans, but really circumstances change, families change, priorities change. And I've learned that to take one decision at a time. And at that time in my life, what is going to be the best decision for myself, my family, career, whatever those priorities are. But, but really just uh, be careful of planning too far in the future uh, for fear of of being disappointed. And what you think may be disappointed may take a, a sharp turn from what you planned and end up for the best. And that's really what I've seen with my career. That's right. So you're saying the decision that you're making is at that point in time, at that intersection of time in your life, is that that's make the best decision that you can for that point, not making a decision for something that could be right six months down the road or two years down the road. Right. It's always great to have a plan and to kind of what if and look at different scenarios. And uh, But in, it comes down to it is there's no time like the present because you're, the totality of the situation and circumstances are going to be different every time. So just take that and, and run with the best uh, decision you can and, and, and it'll end up. That's the other thing is it'll all work out yeah. the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And you know, here's a, a adding to your mentor minute of the week there is when that decision is made, Right, you had all the knowledge and the information to make the best decision at that time. Don't go back and uh, Monday uh, was a uh, quarterback. Or, Monday uh, quarterback, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, do yeah. The review. Don't don't go back and do the instant replay review and then the shoulda, woulda, coulda, because that that in itself can can mess you up for future decisions because at that point you're going to second guess uh, the situation. That's right. And uh, for for pilot terms out there, is once you make a decision to divert. You know, you're not going to the airfield you're supposed to land at. You stick with it and you can't turn back. You know, you've got to make that decision and, and make the best of it. And it'll work out. Yeah, yeah. So um, since you're dropping pilot terms, you, you're one of those pilot types or what? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of the show. It's called the Served Mission Brief. So this is the part of the show when we get to know you. Um, so I've known you for, man, 2008 is when I, I met you. Yeah. And uh, man, that's a long time. Public math. Public yeah. math. Dang. <laughs> see, you see how I got away? Don't call 11 me years. Out. Don't, don't 11 call plus. Me out. Don't call me. I'm still in shock that I've known you that long. That's the part of I was. I couldn't even get to the math part. That's, that's right. That's not nice. You, you, right. you got to play nice. This is what I have to have dealt with for all those years, folks. You have, we have proof that that's balls right. was just after me and, um, and he got the public math. So uh, we kicked off the show earlier before we get into the actual the mission brief. 
and you gave me the number of 89 double X when I asked you what the serve number is, what's your number. And so for everybody out there, I wanted to share that I had this idea that, you know, <clears throat> in all service components out there uh, throughout the years uh, uh, from World War One, members were issued a service number. And so as I was growing this idea of served, I wanted to say, how do we have a uniqueness about us, but without compromising our personal information? And so I came up with this thing called the served uh, number. What's your number? Uh, my number is 9414. And basically, it's the last uh, two years, uh, uh, the, you know, the years of when I came in and when I got out. And uh, so for me, it's 9414. And for balls, it's 89 double X. So that means that you are still... Still chugging along. You're still chugging along. He is a service member. So the S and served service members, this is what we're talking about here. But very uniquely, Rob is uh, part of the uh, Air National Guard. So I'm sure that you've had um, experiences in the past where you weren't service member, but you were a veteran. So uh, uh, you flip-flopped, or have you always just been on active I've duty? I've started active duty, but uh, I've been on different statuses, but always full-time in the military okay. on different statuses. But the 89 uh, is when I the day I started the academy. So okay. Uh, for some things that doesn't count, but for me it counts because I was never more military than those four years of the academy. That's so, right. um, absolutely, in, in '89 is when I, you know, raised my right hand at the academy, and that's when it all started. That's awesome because that's what it's all about, right? right? And so that brings a great point to this: is that this number is not assigned to you. This number is whatever you feel is when you came in, right, and and you exited. So um, it's going to be blurry for some people. Uh, but here, you know, uh, like uh, I'm sure Academy grads are going to say, well, technically I got my commission in 92, 91, 93, 93. And um, that's when I start. Well, that's OK. Rob. Um, and it is weird. He told me we were talking about this. He says, you're, gonna <laughs> you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to call me Rob. And I said, I'm going to try. And it is very weird because uh, I just known him for balls uh, as balls for for a long time. Um, and let's just uh, make sure we're properly correct there. That's B-A-L-Z, like the first four <laughs> letters of my last name. So I don't want to offend anybody out there. So <laughs> that's a disclaimer. <laughs> Listen, this as far show, as you, know. you don't have to be politically correct, right? We're not giving a lot of information here. But uh, yeah, that is, it's Balls, B-A-L-Z. Uh, last name is Balzano, Rob Balzano, so... All right, that make you feel good? Yeah. All right, good, good. I still have a, I, I'm still I'm still an XX, right? So I got to be careful. <laughs> He's still a double X. That's right. He's an 89 double X. But uh, anyway, so thank you for sharing that. And I, I wanted to uh, uh, kick off this show, the very first show with someone else uh, with that um, served number. So as we move along uh, and I meet you or we meet anywhere or you hear more shows with interviews, um, that's how we're going to kick this off, and it's going to be sort of a surprise because I'm not going to let you know who's on the show. You're going to have to listen in, and then it's going to be a big, big surprise. So, uh, anyways, thanks for that. But uh, let's get back to you uh, and the mission brief here, and um, you know what what's important to you, or or uh, what um, what what do you want to ch chat about? Well, always uh, always good to talk about myself, right? That's right. As a former fighter pilot, so I'll give you a little bit of my background. Yeah. Um, like I said, started the academy in '89, uh, but really my story started way, way before that in '71 uh, when I was born. Um, and my come from an interesting background, first generation American. So both my parents are born in Italy. Yeah. Um, first one in my family to be in the armed forces in the United States. Uh, both my grandparents were um, in Italy during World War II. One was a merchant marine, and the other was in the army cavalry. So um, 
you know, so come from a, a background of uh, speaking two languages from from early on. Um, you know, English is second language right when I was real young and uh, picked up, went through school, went through all that, and, and here I am, you know, um, 40-something years later. Yeah. So I uh, started at the, so my military career started at the academy. Uh, four years there, I always wanted to be a pilot and uh, was lucky enough to make it through, make it to pilot training from the academy in a time when uh, we had a pilot surplus, unlike now. And so uh, out of the 700 plus pilot qualified in my academy class, there was only 225 pilot slots. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't a normal for the academy there. Normally everybody who's qualified gets a pilot slot. So I right. uh, was lucky enough to do that. Went to Shepard Air Force Base, uh, Euronado Joint Jet Pilot Training. Uh, and there, everybody who went there and graduated was guaranteed a fighter, except when I went. And again, too many fighter pilots in the cockpit. So those numbers were limited. I was lucky enough and did well in pilot training to get uh, to get my F-16 out of there. Yeah. Um, went to, so I'm gonna stop you. Yeah. I'm gonna stop you right there because you said it a few times. You said you were lucky enough, right? Right. Like there's something about me that uh, I don't know if you know, but I don't believe in luck, right? Yeah. You you heard this before? Uh, probably met, from you. Sure, yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> so luck it doesn't exist, right? So what people say and call luck, I believe, is where preparedness an opportunity meet it's right. that intersection, intersection sure yep. that exact intersection because you had to do what you had to do to make that cut right so right. um uh, so you know don't we're not gonna yeah. chalk it up to lock yeah so yeah. uh you 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 did that work and one of the cool things and and i was all sitting here i did know that background of yours but as you reminded me right now we share a lot of these same values because i am also first generation american and right. i'm also the first one to have joined uh, military service uh, in my family um so that's actually uh, uh, pretty neat maybe that's why we get along uh, spanish was my first language english was my second language and i have a crazy story about that where you know growing up i was like i'm esl like what what do you mean <laughs> right and uh, right. so those challenges but um uh, and if, and I actually applied for the Air Force Academy, and if I would have gone into the Air Force Academy, you would have been a year ahead of me. That's right. That would have been wild. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. I don't know if we would have gotten along because you probably would have beat me up or something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, uh, so you 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 focus on on uh, you're focusing on on this career path, um, and you understand the uh, leaving to living concepts here that that um, that we're working with served at any time in your career. Did you ever experience that? leaving to living was it like when you left your house in uh, in new york and then all of a sudden you were thrust into the academy right a whole different world i'm sure that you were sure in that sort of leaving to living um transition and identity crisis oh, yeah. yeah yeah no absolutely and i and i have i've had many transitions uh from from walking out the door in 1989 with uh literally one bag a, a knapsack and a pair of shorts and a and the clothes on my back and that's when my career started uh, with the academy, and they basically the military and the air force has given me everything else I've I've needed right. to sustain. But uh, yeah, certainly that was a that was a transition. But what I found is, I think the transitions become more challenging the older we get, right? Because when we're younger, we're a lot more resilient in a way because we just go with the flow, right? Yeah, we don't you, have you, you had a knapsack, right? Exactly, knapsack and, and that's all I needed. Yeah, and I never thought about, well, do I need more than this? Well, I guess the knapsack is good enough, you know. But as we get older and those transitions. Uh, maybe not as pronounced, yeah. but they certainly are, are affect us more. Yeah. So uh, 
yeah, I've had a transition from that, transitioned from uh, from flying fighters, F-16s, moving over to the airlift, executive airlift. Yeah, to the So heavies. transition there and all. Uh, and the mindset is different, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, different absolutely. culture, the whole bit. Yeah. And, and then, when you went from active duty to guard, to being a guardsman. Yeah, active duty where you're moving around every every three years, new environment and all, and then and you're in the guard, which I, which, uh, I was looking forward to because, I'm, hey, it'd be nice to stay somewhere more than three years. And uh, 17 years later, here I am still yeah. and, and moving around different jobs and such, but same house uh, that uh, I started with in the guard 17 years ago. And uh, so some of the transitions have been have been where you don't think they're. Uh, I always I've always said that change is always worse beforehand. Right. You know, as we're stressing about change, which goes along with transitioning. Yeah. It always seems like the more you stress and think about it, once you go through that and you look back, you go, "Hey, that wasn't too bad." Yeah. So uh, I try to remind myself of that. And one of the things here that I want to hit home is that word transition. I tell you what, when when um, that word entered my life five, six years ago, because I was transitioning out of the service, right? And I would say that, um, you know, right now in the movie theaters, uh, we have uh, the remake of The Lion King. But about two and a half years ago, I said the word transition was like when the uh, hyenas would say the word Mufasa, right? And then the other right. one would say, Ooh, don't say that word. And then it says Mufasa. And it says, Woo! right? <laughs> it's like that word for us, right? You right. say transition to uh, anybody in the served community, right? A dependent, a, a spouse, uh, even the kids, uh, a service member, even a veteran, right? A transition, you're like, I'm just so tired of that word. I don't want to hear it. And it gives you that chill, that woo, and then say it again, right? Right. So th the word transition, but as we, as I've developed this thing called served and leaving to living, transition is everywhere. Change is everywhere, right? And that's why I wanted to pinpoint on that time that you first transitioned from a civilian to a cadet. Right. And... You know, like you were saying, very, very exact words. You you didn't care because you were just a kid, right? And it gets harder as we get older. And and but we we know how to transition. We're resilient, uh, and then we enter into this phase of we don't know where we're at. Uh, insecurities, um, just you know, new, uh, and and that starts kind of entering into right. that identity and, crisis. Phase. Yeah, and you know, and, and thinking about it now, I think part of that what becomes more difficult with that transition is uh, not only that we're younger and more resilient, uh, but also when, you know, when I left for the academy, it was only me I had to worry about. Yeah. And, you know, since then, I think the transitioning later on, especially for veterans, you're not transitioning yourself. It's your entire, it's your family. You're That's now right. responsible, you know, for everyone else. So they're, you know, I think like most of us in the military and, and that have served and are serving, we are selfless in the fact that we always look out for other people, whether it's our our uh, brothers and sisters at arms or our families and all. So yeah. we kind of put our own feelings aside. But so for me anyway, if I do have to, tr you know, when I think about transitioning and all, I think of, hey, what's the impact on my family? I know I can handle it because it, uh, it's okay for me, but it's a little bit more difficult for me to swallow if it's going to be diff more difficult for the family. Right. And so I think that's that, you know, the more responsibility and, and you know, that uh, your tribe gets a lot bigger as <laughs> as you as you get older. Right. Well, and and going back to your uh, Mentor Minute of the Week, uh, decisions, right? All right. You made that decision because you had a budding uh, fighter pilot career uh, field. Uh, you were in the career field and you were growing and um, you made the decision to go guard. Right. right. In essence, you said, Absolutely. I'm an academy grad. I, I have, I have um, 
what it takes to to fly the F-16. It's a blast, right? I, I have a decision to possibly go try out for the Thunderbirds. You know, you have all these opportunities, right? And you made the decision, and I and, and from memory, uh, is because of family. You made that decision to exit. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, I, I made the decision to exit um, the active duty because, absolutely, because of family. I wanted a little bit more stable life uh, when my kids are born. And our my wife and I's goal was always to be settled by time our kids were in school and, and it worked out. That's one of those that uh, the decision worked out with the plan. Um, the decision at the time worked out with our long-term plan. And, and my oldest daughter was started pre-K when we moved here after three schools that one year. And uh, she's now a senior in, in college. So yeah. uh, that's, this is their, this is their home. And right. it's, it's pretty rare for um, somebody with a military career to say, yeah, this is the, this is our home. And this is the place that my kids grew up in for, their entire lives almost. Right. right. And and since then, um, again, so kind of hitting that point home, that transition has occurred in your career. You might have been here for 17 years. Right. But transition many, has many transitions. Many transitions. There. That's right, right. Because of in service still, but uh, within uh, different things. And then you are actually setting yourself up uh, here for the big transition, right? Actually, exiting sure what you've I mean, known since you were a little boy i mean yeah. you know a young team yeah we're, we're all going to get there at some point That's and right. i think the uh you know when we're midway through our career we go ah, it'll be i think it, we go through phases right at some point um i never thought that i would be in the military this long man that you was know, four years and now right that was it that was it <laughs> four I mean, years i was sitting at the academy i said oh, this is great i want to fly i want to be in a little bit but uh, i never thought of myself as one of those career military men and, and here i am um you know, almost the last man standing in my academy class, but yeah. no, certainly, you know, more than that. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that have made that transition earlier, making those decisions. But right. absolutely, as I start getting, you know, look, looking at my career, um, you know, it's on the horizon. And, and certainly where exactly that is, I'm not sure, but it, it's uh, it's certainly there. So I'm, I'm starting to look at and thinking about and, you know, following your footsteps and seeing what, uh, what you've been going through and the lessons learned from that. Yeah. And this is a, you know... I can't think of a better platform than what you're doing with Serve Radio yeah. to share all that knowledge and, yeah. and debrief. Yeah, and hopefully the, the goal here is that when you do hit that transition, you already have this knowledge, these tools in your toolbox from the various different stories and, and just from sharing that storytelling component of things that uh, you, you'll be able to navigate a lot smoother. And I'm sure there'll be a few hiccups and, and we can actually uh, talk about that later in live, maybe get a, a follow-up show when that actually happens and uh, but I think it will make it a lot easier knowing that, hey, uh, I'm not alone in this one. And two, that that um, the three phases are, are clearly identified, kind of like a, like a threat matrix, right? right? You just say, hey, right now I'm feeling a little bit of identity crisis. You know, what, what steps do I need to do? I know I'm in a phase two. Uh, I know I'm entering uh, a phase one, a transition state in life. And what do I have to do to prepare that? And then the end goal is that we live in nostalgia and legacy and i wanted to wrap um uh, this mission brief with um so you are a um you're a man with a big heart and um the first time i met you so 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 balls has got me drinking coffee <laughs> still still you see, yeah right. yeah so i refused to drink coffee because i had in my mind that i was going to start drinking coffee when i really needed it so 
Maybe it was preparing me for serve. I actually right. thought it was going to be preparing for uh, flight school, the flight academy. Right. Uh, you know, for for and I never got there. But uh, I was saving my uh, my caffeine resistance and my tolerance. So when I started building serve, because I'm getting very little sleep now <laughs> doing this. But um, I remember that you were introduced in the auditorium, and you had a. A, a cappuccino machine, right? That's right, espresso cappuccino. Espresso, and it was before the Keurigs, man. This thing was real deal. That's right. Um, pack it yourself. Pack it yourself. I think it even came from Italy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Did it come from like your uh, Lavazza? It was a Lavazza machine. Did it come yeah. from a, a family uh, kitchen or something that you go visit and say, "I'm taking this"? No, and, uh, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> it was uh, absolutely made in Italy, though. <laughs> so he shows up with this machine, and and I'm like man this guy is interesting like he literally just bought a coffee machine for our, our snack area for our, our espresso our, don't don't confuse oh it with coffee gosh. all right <laughs> you're gonna call me out public bath and coffee the, if you if you meet balls don't challenge him on bath or coffee but uh so the very interesting thing that i remember is and that was just the very first um thing that you were just very generous is that you are also the founder of a non-for-profit, and it's called the uh, Check Six. So we have a special episode for everybody where we're going to do a deep dive into the non-profit Check Six. Uh, episode six, maybe? I don't episode know. six, got to be. Episode six, maybe. Um, so, uh, But uh, I want to give you the floor here and, and, and talk about that because I believe that is, is coupled uh, with the served vision um, and and believe it or not, served is is forever grateful to the Czech Six, uh, and and I call them that they're one of our legacy nonprofits because it was what Rob built back then. Uh, one of the pillars uh, that he can uh, briefly talk about helped me as I was going through my um, deep valley of darkness situation there and leave, and trying to figure out what living to living was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, back in two thousand six, I came up with uh, the Czech Six Foundation. And uh, our mission is to support children battling serious illnesses and military veterans in need. And uh, we do that through providing aid, assistance, experiences, purpose, inspiration, and hope to those two categories that I just mentioned. That's yeah. uh, the six pillars that we have. Yeah. Um, and and it's been a uh, it's been a slow road, but it's been constant and it's growing, and uh, a lot of greatness has come out of it. And looking forward to the future of what we have to offer and help. Yep. And uh, so for me, <clears throat> I got involved with the Check Six and just helping out when uh, uh, they were doing events on base. And um, when I transitioned out, uh, I just was friends with Balls and we just kind of kept in touch. And he knew that it provided me an outlet. And he noticed that we'd pick up the vibe. I'd go radio silent. I wouldn't call. Um, and so uh, Rob being a, a good wingman, right, as, as we call it here in the Air Force or a battle buddy, um, he would check up on me and what was quickly identified is that I had that loss of purpose right and quickly I was uh, losing that hope as well and so um, he would call me out to the events he would invite me at the time I had this crazy idea called served didn't know exactly what it was or what it was going to shape up to be or 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 but balls would always invite me um, and he would say, bring served along, right? Uh, give me VIP status, that kind of thing. And um, it really plugged me in. And, and it was through those experiences that I started realizing that it wasn't building served, um, the business or the idea or, or building the check six. What, what I was able to distill was that it was the camaraderie, right? It was that brotherhood. It was that connection of physically 
being next to each other and doing something. Right. It's that journey. That journey. I think, I think you discovered, Roth, that uh, it's that journey and it doesn't have to be traveled alone. Yeah. And it's those times, you know, when you need that help and, and you need just that little pick-me-up. Yeah. Um, you know, with somebody just, and it's very simple. And a lot of times we try to get all fancy, but, all right, I mean, just a simple phone call. Yeah. Um, when you haven't heard from somebody in a while or you just hear some a tone in somebody's voice and, and you're being a good wingman. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. Well, and so here's the other thing I'll share with the group here is that you start developing these friendships with certain people. And right now, if you just take half a second to think, there's going to be a name that pops in your brain because this military journey, the served journey, right? Service members, responders, veterans, dependents. We all have that one or two. Like, like boom, you, you think of it and it's a name that pops in your head, right? And I was very fortunate enough that balls, for some odd reason, right? This, this, uh, this connection of, of brotherhood, um, that's why I call my big brother. Um, like he would know when I was in the valley. Like I'm talking about like in the darkness because I would feel like I was at the lowest of lows or like I was just at the bottom. I'd give you a call and he'd, he'd say, how did you know that how did you I know? needed a call? How did you know? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. more and than I, once. And I would be like, like all the hairs on my body, just like literally in my arms just stood yeah. up because it would happen. Like It was just not, not it was not. It wasn't once a coincidence, It, was, it right? was not, right. It just, it was every time. And I was just like, all right, what is going on? And um, so uh, through these connections that we have with our friends or our loved ones around us in our life, right, we don't push them away because many a times I was going to send them to voicemail. But why wouldn't I send you to voicemail, Voicemail boss? was full. My voicemail was full. <laughs> voicemail was full. It may still be full, so I'd have to text you or continue on. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. It's still full. But I'm try- I'm, I'm, I, I told you that for like five years, right? Uh, maybe purposely that's why I kept the voicemail full so no one would leave right. a message, right? I was pushing away. Right. And you just kept coming back and, uh, you know, I just was like, I'm not going to send him a voicemail. because. Well, you know what? And and that brings up a good point, Ralph, is that something is simple in, in the flying terms and fighter pilot terms. We always look at losing situational awareness. Yeah. And uh, if you're, you know, channelized attention and task saturation. And in the flying world, it's if you're in another jet um, with your wingman or flight lead and they start missing simple things like radio calls and you hear and you give them and there's a radio call that they just miss, chances are that's one of the good indicators that they're losing their situational awareness. And and really, something as simple as a voicemail, right? Yeah. So if if you don't have the, if I see that you don't have the capacity, that you're not aware of something as simple as a voicemail, hey, maybe that's a good indicator that there's there's something more more to it. Yeah. Something as simple as that. And 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 thinking about it now, in retrospect, yeah, like m- maybe I did keep my voicemail full on purpose so that people wouldn't leave me a message, right? right? And uh, so, anyways, we have different means to communicate. Uh, here is one way to communicate. Here is is by, uh, and that's the idea here, building the served radio, is building this library where if we can't reach someone, right, you're calm out, you don't have signal, whatever. Uh, I like to say that, and I'll share uh, again, that I think the uh, worst times on earth um, are from the hours of 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. For some odd reason, just, you know, everybody's asleep, everybody's doing what they need to be doing, and you feel like you're all alone. And so here, you know, put in a headset and uh, get a podcast episode and, and, and listen, right? Right. And um, I didn't feel that that was available to me at that point in time, or I didn't know to look for that. Right. Um, but uh, anyway, so I wanted to, uh, 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 with a lot of love, thank you so much for uh, always uh, looking out for me and uh, 
uh, taking care of me because um, I'm here. We are here recording episode three because of those actions that you took in the last five to seven years. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ralph. Yeah. That's uh, that means a lot, and um, you know, it, it's it's a great community, and I commend you and congratulate you on the great job. And it's it's great to see that. The train has left, uh, and after many years of of talking, and uh, you know, it's finally doing right. Right, a lot of gunners, right? Right, right. Well, yeah. with that, that per- the perfect segue for uh, from going from I'm gonna to actually go and do. We have the uh, segment that's called the Leaving to Living debrief, and this is where we actually give actionable um, items, and basically, it's the uh, go be and do, not gonna. So, um, you know. Lead us through the uh, living to living debrief here. Yeah, for for me, like I said, uh, a little unique in that I'm still in not in that leaving phase, right? Um, but what I've learned, and and I think something to share is it's never too early to start preparing, right? And um, and I don't think we can ever be over prepared. And so that's one of the things that I'm challenging myself to do is as I do have the safety net of at least the next couple of years of um, of still being on active duty is trying to think of those things that I can do now with the relative comfort and uh, low risk of having of being still in the military. So right. I, I, that's what I'd leave you with. It's never too soon to start, whether it's start getting a resume together, start talking to folks, and really it's a matter of just getting out there and uh, you know putting yourself in a simulation of, hey, what is my life going to look like in X years, uh, whether that's six months or whether it's five years or two years when I'm out of the military because – you know, frankly, I've I've known nothing else for my entire adult career. So for me, there is a little bit of that apprehension of you know not having a flight suit on every day and having to get you know civilian clothes on every day. And where am I going to go? What is it going to look like? Um, and I think the longer we're in, the more comfortable we become in the uniform. Yeah. And uh, and there's always that the unknown. So the fear of the unknown. The best way to combat the fear of the unknown is to is to learn more about it and have options. So get out there and, and start start thinking of your future, but make the decision based on the circumstances when they arise. Right, and going full circle with making that decision earlier from the Mentor Minute, um, it's a delicate balance, right? It's not to say that, uh, because earlier we said that we don't wanna be looking uh, six years, you know, six months down the road to making decisions, but at the same time, planning is still key in this. Um, and that's what you're saying here is to say, hey, listen, the decision-making part of it is you have the information to make a decision um, and not be making decisions uh, based on projected future activities, right? But at the same time, we have to plan. Um, and that's what, is, is that what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, yeah. Okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you need to plan for the future, uh, but make those decisions. So I guess to, to keep it even simpler is we all have a vision of what our future is going to look like. Right. right. And I think that timeline depends, you know, so I look at, okay, what, what does, what do I want my future to look like uh, when I retire? Right. Now, th- what I mean by the, make the decisions based on that day is uh, I want to focus and have a good plan on what that, my vision of the future is, but there may be different pathways to get there. And that's where the decisions really come into play. Many different pathways will lead to that ultimate uh, vision and destination. Right. But those decisions based on you know that that exact moment is is how you'll get there. Right. So the uh, the one actionable item, uh, one action item that people can take is have a vision. You know, absolutely create a vision. If you don't have a vision of where you want to be, start creating it. And actually, it sounds simple. That's very difficult, right? 
because right. it's what do I want to right one of the things we used to say a lot when when I was uh, in service uh, what do I want to do when I grow up right 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 well, if, I grow up, if I grow up if I grow up well, we're, we're growing up right right <laughs> and, and we're right. gonna we're gonna transition <laughs> right and you better have a vision uh, the plan uh, well actually I think the vision happens before the plan because people say, oh, do you have a plan? Absolutely. And, and a lot of folks will plan without a vision. Right. right. And so you have to have the vision first. So that's the that's a great action item here. Uh, wrapping up the show here with, uh, with the vision. Get a vision. Absolutely. Um, if you need help with that, you know, you can reach out to us. Because um, I, I tell you what. I got, I got a lot, I got a lot of visions. <laughs> Your double vision, right? <laughs> you need to, need to pull me back. And actually, that's sort of the other balance, right? Because you could be someone that has too many ideas, right. too many a, visions, a focused vision. How yes, about that? yeah, focused vision. That's actually great. Um, and and as as the listeners will uh, uh, get to know, um, I've had a lot of ideas and a lot of crazy, and that's part of the struggle of of the. Uh, Identity crisis, the transition, you know, all these things, getting served lunch. Um, and, and again, um, that was all very helpful when I was attending uh, and participating with the Check 6. So uh, give us the Check 6 website real quick so folks can check that out. No? You want to do that this episode? Well, that's it. You're going to hold back. That's okay. fine. No, no, that's fine. You're going <laughs> to have to wait. No, no. We're, we're, yeah. Episode yeah. 6. We're calling yeah. it, right? You are. Episode, episode 6. Yeah. For check 6. Yep. All right. Uh, but uh, you can get, uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn at Rob Balls, B A L Z Balzano. I'm the only one there in parentheses, in uh, quotes with Balls. So reach out with me on LinkedIn. Oh, it's Happy like your connect. middle name. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's Rob Balls, Balzano. Balls, yep. Balzano. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So reach out. <laughs> I'll be there for you. And uh, you just want them to uh, send you a little note uh, of who you are and that sure. kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Happy to connect with you and uh, anything I can do to help. All right. Fantastic. I, I'd love to just hang out and just keep on chatting but uh you know uh the listeners this be a three-hour episode a three-hour episode but i uh, know we're wrapping up and he actually said we're almost at the 40 <laughs> minute mark so this is gonna be a good one but uh all right so i'm actually gonna sign off uh any parting words or anything else uh, again ralph congratulations i'm really looking forward to i think served as a as a awesome idea thank you um it is something that we've needed and i know that a lot of the folks out there are going to be spreading the word because it's uh it's a great organization, great tribe, and uh, uh, just a great way to, to stay connected. Good, good. Well, um, we'll be together for a while on this journey, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And so uh, we're going to wrap it up, and I'm going to say uh, I'll see you on the line. Onward. Avanti. Avanti, that's his word. He, you know, so before we actually show, this <laughs> That may be funny. a bonus. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. This is a little bit of the bonus. Balls would actually make fun of me when I'd say onward. <laughs> Now, remember, there was one time I texted you and said Avanti. Avanti, I know. Before I heard the onward, and, and then that's it kind yes, of pieced together. Yes, yes. So which, uh, Avanti means onward in Italian. In Italian. Yeah. So uh, if y'all cannot uh, comprehend this this uh, brother uh, relationship, uh, it's it's pretty much, uh, there it is, right? So, that's right. All right, let's awesome. do it again. Kick it off. Onward. Avanti. There we go. Out. And now that you have been empowered and activated, continue to create impact, share your talents, and serve your local community. Always remember, you are never alone. From leaving to living, together we are served.